Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited for today's conversation. Today, we've got Jeff Cranston with us. He is at Low Country Community Church in Bluffton, South Carolina. Pumped to have this conversation for folks that don't know. Uh, uh, Low Country started, uh, I believe, in 1994. Jeff's been there 20 plus years. Uh, he's the published author of a number of books and also hosts a podcast. So I know he's going to have good audio. Uh, Kitchen Table Theology. Jeff, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Rich, thank you very much. It's an honor to be on with you today. Yeah, so honored that you would take time out. Kind of fill out the picture there. Tell us about Low Country community. Give us a sense of the the church, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we're non-denominational evangelical church. Uh, started in 94 uh, and, and got off to a pretty good start and mm-hmm. then uh, sort of faltered. And mm. uh, my wife and family, we came in 99 and mm-hmm. it was a it was really a restart. There, there mm-hmm. was a great core group of people of about eighty folks, uh, with with some good DNA of of mm-hmm. caring for people, of uh, wanting to reach the community. And so we we just started over again. Hit the hit the reset mm-hmm. button. And mm-hmm. the elders at the time were uh, they they saw the need for it and. Uh, were patient with me. I was a lot younger then, and uh, but yeah, we'll be here on. Uh, five, we'll be here in June of this year, uh, twenty four years. That's but it's great. just grown very steadily. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just have plotted along, Rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. never been any real tremendous spikes in attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's been a steady climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm a believer in, uh, you know, slow and steady does win the race most of the Absolutely. time and it, it's required a lot of patience. So I can, <laughs> I can assure you because <laughs> there's a lot of times I wanted it to go a whole lot quicker than it did. Yeah. I love that. A friend, a good friend of mine in Omaha at Stonebridge, uh, Christian church there, uh, Mark Chitworth, he jokes that he says, Hey, our church is the slowest growing church in America. Uh, they've just have been consistently, you know, in a very similar trajectory just every year, a little bit more, but it's amazing over that time, you see just incredible growth. And I actually think, man, that's healthier. That's, uh, in some ways easier to manage. Uh, just love that. So you're, you know, if I understand correctly, your church, you know, when you started, you were kind of sub 100, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Today, you're two, the church is 2000 plus somewhere in there. That's that's amazing growth to see over that time frame. I wonder if if we could talk a little bit about that. What, you know, you talk about the church was faltering, was a bit of a restart, maybe re- rewind the clock a little bit in your brain. What was it that when you thought, you know, in the restart, what were some of those things that need to be addressed? How did, you know, how did those you know, and how does, how could that impact us today as we're thinking about our churches? Yeah, I think the heart of the people, they they really wanted to reach out to the community. And we were mm-hmm. on Hilton Head Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the church was originally called the Church at Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. And if for those who don't know, Hilton Head is just off the coast of South Carolina. It's a it's a it's a high-end destination vacation type place. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a it's a pretty difficult place to do ministry, mm-hmm. but there were some wonderful people there. And our county, uh, very unusual for the South, our county is around 90 to 91 percent unchurched. Mm, wow. So it's a target rich environment if, if you mm-hmm. want to do church. And they <laughs> yes. wanted to do church a little bit differently and more contemporary. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we sort of rallied around the concept of the purpose-driven church principles, the five, mm-hmm. the five principles, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think it was all there. And, and actually the founding verses of the church were uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 39 and Matthew 28, the great commission. And they happened to also be the, the, the key component verses for purpose-driven mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And all we really did with that was take the five purposes and make mm. them our own. But I, I really do think there's a there's a lot of genius in that. And you do see those five purposes in the New Testament church. So we mm-hmm. we call them connect and you know just connect people to God with the gospel, mm-hmm. connect people to each other, and then grow in your faith, mm-hmm. uh, serve mm-hmm. uh, other people, serve God, uh, reach, that's evangelism and, and worship. And we've just tried to work those five. And what I found is most churches and most pastors, by if you just allow yourself to go into default mode, you will automatically fall into one or two, maybe three of those five. Mm, but another oh, two or three will sort of be ignored. You you know mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, I, we ought to be doing more in evangelism or we ought to be, do, be doing more in helping our people to serve. Mm. We never quite get around to it. And so those five things really gently forced us to stay balanced. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is just look back at your year and go, okay, were were we all grow this year? Mm -hmm. Was everything geared to grow? Mm. Which in my experience, most churches are geared to grow and to worship. Mm. Evangelism gets talked about, but it rarely gets done. Uh, Getting people to serve that's always an issue. Uh, and then connecting people is sometimes an afterthought right? in, in terms of assimilation and things like right. that. We, we expect people to visit our churches, but we, we, we have no expectations of ourselves to follow up with them and help them mm-hmm. plug in. Mm-hmm. So those five things have really helped us to stay focused, on task, balanced, healthy, mm-hmm. and healthy things grow. Yes, I mean, it's just yes. a fact of life. If you're this a plant or a baby, it's just true. And mm-hmm. the same thing's true in church. And so what does that look like? So I, I love that. First of all, I think that's, you know, that's a, a really good overview and, and look at, you know, those five areas. Um, if, what does that look like from your point of view? When you, how, how do you keep the church focused on those five areas? How do you keep your team and your volunteers and your programming and ensure that you're not off balance, that you're not, you know, or, or, or is it okay in some seasons to be kind of more focused on one than the other, but on whole, you're trying to keep to all five. Talk us through that. How do you keep us focused on that? When we were smaller, <clears throat> I tried to find a volunteer champion for each one of those five. Okay. So, okay, your job as a, as a high capacity volunteer is helping new people to connect. 
Uh, mm. I'll take care of the gospel part and training mm. people to evangelize and things like that. And we'll proclaim the gospel from the in our teaching and so forth. But can you help people to to connect to the church? And then somebody mm. else, can you help people to grow in their faith? And I'll, you know, and that when I was a solo pastor, I was helping them do that. Then mm. as we grew, we staffed specifically for those five purposes. And now that you know we've got thirty some on staff now, uh, mm-hmm. all those areas are 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 well covered, right. and uh, so that's how that's how we have done it. And you know we, the things you think are most important, and the things you value, you will put your horsepower behind. You will put your finances behind, mm-hmm. and and so we we have just done it that way, and make sure that the folks who are leading the charge in those areas have have what they need uh, to do it well. And, and mm-hmm. we, we, we still talk about it 24 years later. We still, you know, I look back and my executive pastor, Jason Best and I, we just sometimes joke, man, we're still here, but we're still doing <laughs> it. You know, if you came yes. to our church 20 years ago, it, we were still doing this stuff back then. And mm-hmm. like I said, we just plotted along mm-hmm. and uh, it's, you know, God has gratefully blessed it and, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we've stayed fairly healthy throughout. Yeah, I love that. You know, I was I was joking with a church leader friend probably a year ago, and and um, you know he was reflecting on the Church of the Highlands and uh, growth track, and was like, you know, mm-hmm. really excited about their uh, you know their growth track thing, and and was commenting. This is one of those times where I realized, oh, I think I've been in this for too long, because um, he was reflecting on, man, isn't that just so innovative? And I was like. It feels very much like the the purposes conversation we've been having for a long time. Hey, maybe we should push people through a series of very clearly defined steps, or you know, run the bases, whatever the framework. The framework can change a little bit, obviously. Sure. Uh, but I but I love that. Um, what does that look like for you guys? I, I know you do have kind of classes for each of those, but ha, ha, talk us through at like if if I was a part of the church, what does that experience look like for for someone who's attending? Well, we we have what we call core classes, and I, I'm sure yep. most of the listeners, you know, and their in their ministries have very similar things. So mm-hmm. we just we just ask them to come to the connect class first, and that's where we mm-hmm. share our vision and values. Mm-hmm. And we do that. Um, we have three services: eight thirty, ten, and eleven thirty. We offer that at ten a.m. every week per every month. Most weeks, every month. Okay. Yep. Yeah, except for the summer. Mm-hmm. And except for December and sure. you know, there's yeah, always like 10 times, nine, nine, 10 yeah. times a year, something like that. But we, yeah, yeah, that we, we do keep that one going. And then we, we have another core class for grow, reach, serve and worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't care what order they take those in, but okay. we, that's part of our discipleship path uh, mm-hmm. for, for folks. And, you know, if we, when we, when we get them in and what we found something rich just in the last year, that's really been working for us. So with the connect class, mm-hmm. they come in at 10 o'clock, they, they go to class together and we'll have anywhere between 40 and a hundred people mm-hmm. in, in that connect class. Then we tell them, and we tell them this all ahead of time via video, we get them to mm-hmm. register mm-hmm. and, and they do it. And then mm-hmm. we say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go as the connect class and go worship together as as at the eleven thirty service. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, they'll never do that. Mm. They walk down there in mass, and it's hysterical because when you walk out to speak or sing or whatever, you look over here to the right, 
here's all these people sitting there with their name tags on. So, you know, they're <laughs> connect class people. Sure. And then after the service, we take them right back into the other auditorium where they had the class and we feed them lunch. Mm. And I speak for about five minutes to them because our executive pastor does the class. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my wife and I and his wife and, and her, and then we, we ask all of our staff to be there for at least the mm-hmm. first 15 or 20 minutes to meet folks. Mm-hmm. So then our goal is to meet every person, every couple there. Mm. And we are finding a very, very high retention rate. Right. Uh, and, 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 and people do it. They, they're giving yes. us from about 10 o'clock to one o'clock on a Sunday, mm-hmm. which has surprised us. But mm-hmm. most of the time we, when we talk to them, they'll say, we've never experienced this in any of the other churches we've been in mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. people that are new to church world or, you know, new to the faith. They don't know any different. They just sort yeah, of yeah, think yeah. it's expected, you know. Right. But that's been very helpful. And then we those other classes, and then there's other corollaries out of the other other core classes throughout the mm-hmm. year in terms of Bible studies or seminars or conferences mm-hmm. or and then we we do quarterly worship nights, and that's that's part of that worship core as as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know, for folks that are listening in, the thing there's a number of things to pull out there that this idea of a regular of clear and obvious step that people should take. You'd be amazed at how many churches don't have that. It's like, so I'm kind of new right. around here. What do I do? And it's like, uh, here's 12 things you could do. It's like, no, no, no. You, you go to connect class. That's the, that's the first thing. I also love uh, to, I don't want to underline something you said there, you know, how involved your whole team is. The fact that you and your executive pastor, it's a core part, you know, he's going to teach at it. You're there to say hi, at least at the beginning, mm-hmm. which again, church friends, it's a church of 2000 people. That's a big commitment for you. You've got lots of stuff to do on, on a Sunday. Uh, and then the fact that you ask your staff, Hey, at least show up, be here. This is important. This is, and all of that weight communicates to people, Hey, you should, you know, be a part of this thing, be a part of this thing. I love that. That's, that's so good. Uh, that's that's fantastic. And we we try to get them before they leave that we we try to get them to commit at some level to a next step. It might be right. to serve as a greeter because anybody if you can smile you can serve as a greeter. Now right. some people can't smile and we don't want them to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, great. we all have those folks in our churches. Yes. Or yes. you know the next the next class which uh will be offered you know, the next week, the next core mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. or the next month. And so we, we do have an assimilation process from, from that. It's not always successful, mm-hmm. but it, it really is working. We're seeing some really good benefits from that over the last 12 to 15 mm-hmm. months, you know, cause like everybody else, when we were coming out of COVID, you had a chance mm-hmm. to restart. Yes. A lot of things. And yes. we, we just re that was one of the things we just, we killed what we were doing before and came up with right. this new idea and we love it. And uh, mm-hmm. people really seem to appreciate it. Love it. Well, pivoting in a little bit of a different direction. I noticed, uh, you know, the kitchen table theology, uh, podcast and as a podcaster, I know, uh, that that's a big commitment to try to do that. You regularly produce content there. And, you know, this is above and beyond content than, than your weekend services. Uh, mm-hmm. Why did you start that? Talk us through that. For, uh, you know, as a, as a leader at the church, give us a sense of what, what was driving that. I think the last five or 10 years, and, and I celebrate 40 years in ministry in uh, 
next month, actually. Congratulations. It's hard to believe because I'm only, thank you, I'm, I'm only 34 years old. So yeah, how did it's, that it's happen? amazing how, that's, how that happens. <laughs> but um, I've, I've just seen, you know, and it, it's, I, I, I couldn't have, I, I couldn't uh, put hard numbers to it, mm-hmm. but I just sensed a growing illiteracy mm. biblically among people in the pew. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-Christians coming to the faith, you can understand that. But these are people who have been in church for years. Uh, can't tell you the names of the books of the Bible. You know, one guy said, mm-hmm. just, I said, you know, can you tell me the names of the books of the Bible? I'm just interested. And um, he just he just holds up his phone. And he says, why mm-hmm. would I need to memorize it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mm-hmm. th- there's some things you ought to memorize. And um, mm-hmm. so the more I got to looking into it, figured out, well, hey, this is really a thing. And then Linganeer Ministries and Lifeway do a, every two years do a state of the state of theology in the American church survey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is sickening and, mm-hmm. and staggering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, half of almost half of evangelicals. I don't have the exact percentage in front of me, but it's in the 40 percent range. Mm-hmm. Believe Jesus was a good teacher, but not God. Right. These are evangelicals. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and yeah, you yeah. go on and on, and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I'd been thinking about doing a podcast for a few years, but I didn't have a clue. Well, here came COVID, mm-hmm. April of 2020. I uh, said, well, let's do it. So we mm-hmm. started it then, and I just, I, I was going to try to do 100 podcasts and just teach systematic theology. And we call it kitchen table theology because I, I we want to make it understandable and put the theological cookies on the bottom shelf. So if you and I were sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of coffee and we wanted to talk about the things of God, um, this is the level of conversation we would have. Mm. And it's, yeah, it, it it's taken off a little bit. It's found a, it's a niche, niche audience, but... Mm-hmm. I have, I think last year we touched 39 different countries. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to me. And uh, so we just do something every week. Uh, So we've taught all of the ologies. And now, now, right now, I'm going through every book of the Bible and giving them a little bit of background and pulling some of the theological themes out of every book. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're having a lot of fun with that. So that's my little bit of throwing the starfish back into the ocean. You know the old story. Okay. Yes. I, yeah. 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 I, I, I can't fix everybody's biblical illiteracy, but mm-hmm. I can help some. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're doing with it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Can you give me a sense of how that's impacted either the leaders, maybe your staff, maybe you know people in your church? I would imagine this would be a helpful tool. For people even at your church, I understand it's reaching people all over the world. But what, what's even the impact locally? I I have people every Sunday, literally, mm. come up mm. to me and just say, "Thanks so much for the podcast. Uh, I'm enjoying listening to it. I found it a couple of months ago. We went back to the beginning, and we're we're listening all the way through. Mm-hmm. That that happens every week, and and obviously, mm-hmm. the majority of our listeners are in our footprint." Um, or the numbers seem to indicate that, but uh, I, I've just been stunned by it because they've never had um, any sort of 
theological education. And even right. quite frankly, Rich, a lot of, I, I just started seeing it in young men and women that we were considering to bring on staff. Right. I started, right. I, I wrote up about a half of a page uh, Bible survey with about seven questions. Mm-hmm. You know, can you name me the five books mm-hmm. of the Pentateuch? Can you tell me where the um, the Beatitudes mm-hmm. are located in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Can you know, no? Yeah, not rocket science stuff. Yeah, not, no. Yeah, basic. Yeah, yeah. I was almost embarrassed right. the first couple of times I gave it to them. They couldn't do it, and I thought, what are we producing right. here? Sending to our churches, and they think they're ready to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. And they literally don't know the books of the Bible even. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's young ministers, you know, in, in my mind, when we started this, mm-hmm. it was for lay people and maybe people even in ministry that didn't have a real solid theological mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, so we're very encouraged that it's, it's mm-hmm. helping a lot of people. Yeah, I love it. I love the format. I think the length is great. I think your targeting is, and I think you're bang on, obviously, you've identified an, an actual real issue. I think particularly in one of the, there's lots of upsides to the non-denominational movement. I've spent most of my time in non-denominational churches. There's lots of upsides there. But one of the downsides is there isn't a formal process by which people get like stamped with, yes, this person has some kind of basic level. And although there can be you know, certain movements that maybe overstress that there is a danger of right. understressing that, you know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. you know, in some ways it's like maybe the, the pendulum has swung too far speaking on the staff side. Um, you know, ha- talk me through how, you know, you've been in your church for, like you say, two decades, uh, plus, um, you know, what have you learned over the years of a lot, you know, keeping your staff aligned, keeping, keeping them focused, keeping them kind of heading in the same direction. Give me a sense of what that looks like for you at uh, Low Country. Well, we try to keep the mission in, mm-hmm. in front of ourselves on a, on a regular basis, uh, keeping short accounts, talking with our, some of our, our, our key, you know, staff in terms of pastors and ministry directors, uh, reminding them of, okay, here's, you know, hey guys, it's sort of the old Vince Lombardi thing. Every at the beginning of of training camp every year, he'd hold up a football and say, "This is a football." Yes. And so <laughs> a, a few times a year, we kind of go back. Let's let's just remember why we're doing what we're doing here. You know, it's to change lives through the message of Jesus Christ. That's that's what we're mm-hmm. doing here, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything we do has to hit hit that some way, shape, or or form. Uh, we've been very intentional, Rich, the last few years about staff health and we we uh we we partnered with an organization called best christian workplaces mm-hmm. which has provided us with a survey so we survey our staff now this year will be the third year on eight key components so what's it like to work on the staff do you like working here uh it, it covers everything from you know, it, it, is is the leadership inspirational to you? To mm-hmm. is there a strategy that you think is sustainable and you understand it and you see where you fit into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, to is there healthy communication, sort of top down, but is there also healthy communication between staff members and so so much more? And it and it gives you 
some hard numbers and mm-hmm. you find out exactly where your staff are at. <laughs> uh, and, and that can yes. be good and bad. You know, it's, yes. it, it can be, if you're insecure as a, one of the top leaders, this is not the thing for you. I can, yes. I can tell you. And so <laughs> every year I, I kind of take a very deep breath, you know, when we, when we get the results, but it's been very encouraging and you, you do see where you're, you've got a few holes and you can sure those things up. Uh, and just giving them a voice uh, as staff members, I think is very helpful. And in, in um, working with Tony Morgan and the Unstuck Group and working mm-hmm. with Best Christian Workplaces, we've developed our own culture code. Mm. And that has, you know, everybody had a voice in that. And right. we came up with um, five key components of that culture code. And once a year or sometimes mm-hmm. or more than that, we'll we'll just walk through that on on staff meetings. Hey, right. let's just remember, or you know, it happened it happened this past week. We were talking about something in staffing, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, Well, you know what? That's that really ties into the certain part of our culture code mm-hmm. of us being courageous pioneers. That's one of the right. things. We will be courageous pioneers. And so this is a, you know, we're kind of setting a new course here. And mm-hmm. so to hear them connect what we're doing back to the culture code and vice versa, you, you, you know, it's starting, you know, it's, it's, it's landing with them. Yeah. I love that. That's kept everybody, I think, uh, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Like I, I, one of the things, and I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the culture code. One of the things that we face as as a church is our you know our mission is you know is pretty clear Jesus sets it out you know some version of reach more people grow them in their relationship with Jesus like there's we all have some version of that but how do we boil that down what makes what we do unique and then even more pointedly how do we ask our staff to act and so I, I love this you've provided us with a copy of a you know kind of an overview of the culture code so you you talked about one of them we are courageous pioneers there's also we are loyal to one another we work hard mm-hmm. we play, play hard we're joyously uh, collaborative and we, we, are, we are steadfastly committed to growth. I love those. And there's obviously a write-up for each one of those. Which of these would you say has the most kind of like edge in the culture, has the most like, ooh, that actually is pushing us, or maybe has a bit of, uh, you know, maybe another way to think about it is an area that maybe has a little bit of disagreement or, you know, provides the most kind of uh, traction for you as you're, as you're leading? Yeah, great Great question. I think the one that is the most challenging and just how it fleshes out is we are joyously collaborative. Sure. Talk about that. There are times <laughs> when we are not joyously collaborative and there are times, <laughs> yes. you know, just being honest, there yes. are times when um, we want to silo. And one of the statements we have on here is we, we neither allow nor accept a colleague to be siloed or soloed. Mm, But there are, you know, sometimes in our ministries, we, we, we get rather inward looking in our particular Mm -hmm. area and Mm -hmm. we forget that what we do has an impact on three or four other ministry areas. And then that's when you start to have some issues. So having this written out and having everybody and, and they all sign every year in the personnel handbook this is in there. So they, they, we ask them to read it every year, sign their name to it. So there's a commitment at that little bitty level right there. 
Mm-hmm. But when we do hit the silos or when they're not being collaborative mm-hmm. or if some personalities are rubbing really hard against one another, then we can say, hey, look, we have we look, we agreed to this. Right. Yeah, I know we, we, we have. OK, so it, it's a it's a good place for us to begin those conversations, which has really proven to be helpful and and, and at the end of the day, so far, uh, you know, it, it it works out and everybody gets mm-hmm. back on the same page again. And sometimes an apology is made or other times, hey, you know, I'm man, I didn't I didn't realize I just kind of forgot that that mm-hmm. was going to affect A, B and C. Um, yeah, we'll pull this back and we'll kind of do a reset and let, let's let's work together on this. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, yeah, I love that. And again, friends, we'll we'll put that in the show notes. I do think it's a good thing for you to uh, to download, to take a look at, to wrestle through. Um, you talked a little bit about that. You kind of got everybody in on that. Can you tell? Give us kind of an overview of what that process looked like. How did you actually gather those? How did you narrow it down? Uh, yeah, what did that look like? Oh, that's a re- <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> sure. I, we we got in a room. Uh, and we, we brought different people th- in throughout the week. And I, I think a lot of that was coming with our work with the Unstuck Group with Tony Morgan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we just started to talk about, well, what's really, let, let's right. just boil it down. What's really important to us mm-hmm. as a staff team? What, what do we want to be engaged with together mm-hmm. as we do ministry here in this demographic, in this footprint, at this particular church? And it, it came out of the belief, okay, look, God has God has meshed all of our lives together to be mm-hmm. in this one place at this one time. What is what, what should that look like? And, mm-hmm. you know, we prayed, we took time, we took months, and then we started to craft some language. And we were just, we were starting out by putting keywords on the board, you know, collaborative went on the board pretty quickly grow growth went on the board mm-hmm. pretty quickly um loyalty went on the board pretty mm-hmm. quickly uh i remember us spending a half 45 minutes an hour talking about w- w- where we finally got on to the word pioneers mm-hmm. and we, we had all kind of things we we knew what we wanted we couldn't find the right words so we started with the key words and then we we built out around that with with mm-hmm. a statement like we work hard and we play hard and we, and I'm thinking quite frankly, is, is this really one of the things, you know, is right. that really that important? <laughs> right. But it, it really is. And, mm-hmm. and our staff mm-hmm. serve, you know, year after year, when we survey them, they love working together and they have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're of the mindset to take God extremely seriously and don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. So we, we just, we just play together. Yeah, that's so good. Well, and, and, you know, that's why it's important to get, you know, a number of voices, the right voices around the table. Cause sometimes as leaders, you know, it's like the fish, not seeing the water. We're just in it. We see it. And, and, and yeah. we see it from our perspective and getting other people in the room help us like, Oh yeah. Okay. Cause you were just like, isn't that, isn't that everybody? Isn't everybody work hard and play hard? No, not everybody works hard and plays, plays hard. So I uh, love that. That's so good. Yeah. And we're all doing all this activity, ministry activity. And mm-hmm. I think it's very healthy to you pull everybody together, hit the pause button and just say why 
Right. Why, why are we doing what we're doing? Right. And if you start to get, well, we did this last year. That's no good anymore. Last year doesn't work <laughs> right. this year. Yes. So yes. let's just let's just get back to the why and get back down to some basics. And um, man, you know, good things really will pop up out of it. And then they feel that they have a voice and you can see their energies levels rising as they begin to think outside the box a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you, you get different people in the room, ministry areas that maybe don't necessarily work together all the time. And now, mm-hmm. now here they are collaborating on you know something that's affecting all of us in our day to day ministry. So, yeah, it's that that's been Love very it. helpful for us. So good. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Anything else you'd, you'd love to share just as we wrap up today's episode? Well, I I really appreciate the time to be here, and I I would just mm. encourage everybody listening if you're you're in a ministry of whatever type or kind to just please continue to proclaim the gospel and mm-hmm. never ever allow church work to get you away from the gospel. Mm. And let's go back to the, keep the main thing, the main thing, everybody, everything else has to be an outgrowth of the gospel. Mm. And uh, so you know, we, we get ourselves into trouble when we get away from that. And I think in this day and age, uh, the American church has, drifted so much more toward experience Mm. on a Sunday, you know, and people walking out, well, did you like the service? You know, we're right. (laughs) I don't don't get a soapbox, but you know know what I mean? You're not here to like the service. You know, we're here to worship the true and living God and to sit under the teaching of the word and, and, and worship and sing and all of that. But we've, we've become so experience oriented Mm. and I think it's caused that drift away from doctrinal truth and Mm. all that. And there can be a really wonderful, beautiful marriage of the two. Mm. But uh, Mm -hmm. my, my encouragement would be let's stick to the gospel. Love it. So good, brother. Appreciate it, Jeff. What would what else would you, uh, or if we want to send people to a place online to track with you, with the church, give them the various addresses, where can they find the podcast as well for folks that want to, uh, you know, tune into that? Give us some of the places we want to send people online who want to track with you. Sure. Thank you. Um, uh, kitchen Table Theology, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find Kitchen Table Theology mm-hmm. uh, with Jeff Cranston is what it says. And then our church is Low Country CC. Mm-hmm. lowcountrycc.org Love you can it. also go to jeffcranston.com and uh, you can find all this stuff somewhere among those three that we've been talking about yeah love it thanks so much jeff i really appreciate you being here today i thank you so much for your help and yeah appreciate being on the show thank you rich it's been a delight thanks for tuning in to the unseminary podcast Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.